0: Welcome to Audiobook Test Drive. In today's episode, we are featuring an excerpt from Black World, written by Raymond A. Palmer. Was she a space pirate or a heroine? This science fiction pulp magazine classic of a female space pirate was a huge hit with readers when it was first serialized in Amazing Stories during the early 1940s golden age pulp editor and author raymond a palmer's masterwork mixes romance interplanetary conflict space piracy and exotic alien worlds into the unique blend that is so emblematic of the science fiction of the period black world begins when john carver of the stellar patrol falls for playgirl heiress ina malden on the luxury space liner josephine and route to the Outer Worlds. After Ina disembarks at Titan, the ship is attacked and looted by a mystery ship, and John realizes the pirate's masked leader is Ina. John is ordered to capture her, but when he learns the motives behind her piracy, John falls more in love than ever. He also discovers another secret, one that would make Earth helpless before a superweapon that could not be stopped. To warn Earth, he knows he will have to betray his love for Ina. And to save someone else she loves, Ina knows she will have to betray her love for John. Battling Space Fleet's interstellar espionage, futuristic glamour, the tough men and even tougher women of the planetary frontiers, Black Planet is a pulp-age masterpiece now available as an audiobook. And now for your listening pleasure. An excerpt from Black World.
1: Book One. Privacy Preferred. Chapter One. The Mystery Planet. Absolutely perfect, breathed John Carver to himself. What a girl. Lolling luxuriously in the filtered sunshine of the observation deck of the luxury liner Josephine, he glanced covertly out of the corner of his eye at the slim, auburn-haired girl relaxing in the deck chair beside him. Her eyes were closed and soft lashes clung to her rounded cheeks. Noting this fact, he swung his head around and stared at her features in undisguised admiration as he had done so many times during the eight days of the voyage already. The face tilted toward him was clear-cut, determined, not ravishing or doll-like in beauty, but distinctly good-looking and possessing an amazing amount of personality. There was something more than just appeal there. She had character, purpose. There was even a tinge of bold recklessness in the tilt of her nose, the obliqueness of her chin. For a moment, his eyes roved over her trim figure, clothed now in a very mannish suit, as far as cut and style were concerned. But there the likeness ended. She combined a figure full of charm with a healthy, athletic build. Instinctively, Carver knew she could keep up with any man in anything that demanded physical endurance and strength. Were it to climb the steep mountains of the moon or trek across the deserts of Mars, or even stroke ore on an earth colored shell. And yet, she possessed soft femininity. Carver's eyes returned to her face, dwelt for a moment on the freckles on her determined nose. He grinned a bit inwardly as he contemplated them. Somehow he liked something about those freckles. They seemed such an important part of the aura of self-reliance and character surrounding her. He was still smiling slightly when her lids shot up, revealing warm, amber eyes looking straight into his. Caught you again, she remarked calmly. And if I remember rightly, curiosity once killed a certain cat. He grinned openly now that he had been caught in the act but I'm not a cat. He corrected her. Then what are you? Would you really like to know? Her lips broke into an answering smile. You might as well talk with your lips as with your eyes, she suggested. He started and flushed. My eyes? What have they been saying? She eyed his trim uniform deliberately for a moment. A lot of things quite out of keeping with that uniform of yours. I never say anything I don't mean, he put in slyly. It was her turn to show confusion, but only for an instant. Start talking, she commanded. Let me be the cat for a while. Grinning, he leaned back in his chair and stared out into the starry blackness of space. Well, he began. Since you've already noticed the uniform, you know I'm a member of the Stellar Patrol. I thought Stellar Patrolmen stuck to their own ships, she interrupted. They do. But? Special assignment, he informed her briefly. But to get on, my name's John Carver. Say, what's yours? Anne... Ina Malden. He glanced at her. That isn't what you started to say. She looked at him levelly. One of my faults, she informed him coolly. My tongue is out of step with my brain and very often transposes words. Instead of saying Ina, it started to say any. Oh, well, in addition to having a simple name, I'm tall, handsome, 26 years old, and I've never been in love. That about sums it up. Braggart, she said. The way you stare at me, what would you do if a really beautiful woman came along? Nothing. I'm looking for a bit more than beauty. And? You've got a lot of it, he admitted. She laughed heartily. Is this a proposal? He sat erect. Might be a good idea at that. Too bad she observed stellar patrolman can't get married i'm through my term in 17 months still too bad in 17 months i won't be accepting proposals her voice took on a strange somber note or ever she finished her amber eyes moody now stared out into space why he studied her face curiosity once killed. The sudden sharpness of her tone sent him back in his seat. Okay, he sighed, relaxing once more. But now that we've broken the ice, how about going to the mid-voyage dance with me tonight? I might as well make the most of the opportunities offered by this assignment. She nodded with sudden interest. Why not? She returned his question with her own. Your suggestion fits me too, maybe better than it does you. She halted abruptly and extended her hand. Come on, she cried with sudden, reckless, enforced gaiety. Let's take a little stroll toward the bar and celebrate our little vacation with a cocktail. And then, let's make the rest of the voyage interesting. For a moment, Carver stared at her, wondering. Then he grinned. You're on, he said enthusiastically, leaping to his feet and grabbing her hand. And how? The mid-voyage dance had been a huge success as far as Carver was concerned, and he had no reason to believe it had proven otherwise for Ina Malden. Just a moment ago, at her stateroom door, she'd been smiling and had promised she'd see him again. But if he'd been curious before... Now he was positively itching with puzzlement. For all this adroit questioning, she'd remained a mystery. She was Ena Malden, sportswoman, who'd spent most of her time hunting and adventuring on other worlds, or crossing the void between them. More than that, he'd been unable to worm from her. Frowning in concentrated thought, Carver stepped into his own stateroom and closed the door behind him. An elderly but vigorous-looking man peered from behind the table where he'd been intent on a spread-out map. His seamed, space-tanned face broke into a smile. Well, how'd you enjoy the dance? Carver grunted. Great. But that girl? She's got me wondering. There's something behind her that isn't all that seems. There's something mysterious about any girl. As good-looking as she, tramping the void alone, ventured the older man. But I'd advise you to quit worrying about it. Remember, you are now part of the secret Peter Caldwell expedition to Pluto. Carver wheeled in startled surprise from the chair on which he'd just hung his uniform coat with meticulous care. Pluto? He shot out. Is that where we're bound, Professor? Caldwell smiled. Yes, I've decided I might as well let you in on the secret now, because certain developments have turned up which alter our plans a bit. I'll need your cooperation to carry them out. Carver drew up a chair and sat down, straddling it with his arms and chin resting on its carved back. Spill it, he said interestedly. I'm all ears. For a moment, Caldwell studied the map beneath his fingers, then looked up at Carver with a quizzical expression. When I asked the Mellon Institute for a backing to make this trip, they were doubtful of its value. But when I told them what could come of success, well, it put a new aspect on the whole thing. It meant absolute secrecy. Secrecy that made a large, publicized expedition impossible. In short, it became imperative that no hint of any expedition at all should leak out. Any word of the exact nature of what I expect to find on Pluto would mean a concerted rush on the part of every planet government, every adventurer, and certainly every scoundrel in the solar system. To get possession of… of it. And so I was commissioned to go alone. To return only when my work is completed and safeguarded. Therefore, we devise this plan, with one experienced and trustworthy stellar patrolman as the balance of my expedition. I'll do the research, you'll do the work, and if any, the fighting. Simple, isn't it? Carver's eyes shone. Pluto, he breathed. The black world. The only planet with no port of call. I've heard tales of that world, stories of the Stellar Patrol's exploration parties. They haven't been exaggerated, put in the scientist. There's plenty of danger from things science has been very careful about examining. The results of these examinations and explorations have been a firm decision to proceed very carefully in exploitation. In fact, Pluto is a forbidden world, except to advanced scientific study and rigid exploration by the stellar patrol. However, recently, no ships have turned outward toward Pluto. In a hundred years, she will be beyond reach and will remain so for long centuries, which perhaps is best. She is an alien world. Still, there is something on Pluto which we must have and Earth is the we in question. It isn't any secret, Caldwell went on grimly, to a stellar patrolman at least, that Earth hasn't as many friendly interstellar neighbors as is generally thought. Power is hers, yes, and therefore respect, but no love is lost, for instance, by Mars and Venus. Especially Venus, Carver agreed. Caldwell went on. Therefore, ostensibly, I am a melon scientist on a sabbatical trip and you are a guardsman on a diplomatic mission. In reality, we are on an urgent mission for the Earth government. And what are those important developments that make you tell me all of this in advance of your initial plans? questioned Carver curiously. There are several, admitted Caldwell. First, trouble on Callisto. We'll have to change our original plans of proceeding to that world, and then dropping off into nowhere in our own ship. Instead, we'll do it in mid-space, between Titan and Callisto. There's a revolt on Callisto, and there is every chance we might be detained, even held prisoner, our ship interned for the duration of the revolt. Therefore, we pick up our cruiser at Titan, carry it aboard the Josephine to a point midway between Titan and Callisto, then take off on our own. Second, the Josephine carries bullion, platinum, to bolster the government of Callisto, and there is a chance of being held up in space by rebel warships. Third, there may have been a leak somewhere, and Professor Peter Caldwell and Stellar Patrolman John Carver, we'll have to literally drop from existence to prevent all chance of pursuit. Not even our own secret service knows where we are going. In fact, only two men beside ourselves know. The President of the United States and the head of the Mellon Institute. Phew, breathed Carver. Whatever we're after, it must be important. It is, agreed Caldwell seriously. More than you can possibly realize. He rose to his feet and folded his map. And now, let's get to bed. Carver nodded, loosed a little laugh. Okay, but with all these mysteries, I don't think my mind will let me get much sleep. He stared at Caldwell's back as the older man passed through the door joining their two compartments, and his smile faded. Yeah he muttered to himself, sitting down on the bed and beginning to unlace his uniform boots. Before his eyes grew the vision of a strange, black world. but superimposed over it was a pair of glowing, enigmatic, amber eyes. Yeah, he repeated, Pluto's a strange world, but it's got nothing on her for mystery."
0: We hope you enjoyed listening to this excerpt from Black World. If you would like to hear the entire audiobook, it can be purchased at Amazon.com, Audible.com, and iTunes.com.